One of the tour's most popular breaks through for his first victory. And speaking of most popular, Tiger Woods spoke yesterday, and he spoke about playing in the Masters. We'll have that and more coming up at the Fairways of Life show. We're worldwide. Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, Taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. I was a very good putt. Broke a little more uh, than I would have liked it to uh, for for a three or four footer. Um, I just was a little nervous, honestly. Uh, this tournament means a lot to me. Uh, it was a little shaky. Didn't hit a very good putt. It's kind of the first one all day that I didn't hit. Well, you know, I obviously missed some, but um, it was the first one where I kind of mishit it. Uh, but this morning, my wife gave me a piece of advice. Uh, there were, you know, a few bullet points. One of them was forgive quickly. And uh, she called me after, told me to do that. And it was kind of perfect because, I mean, I played a pretty perfect round of golf, very flawless. So what was there to be too mad about? I was about to be in a playoff uh, at the place that I, lo- you know, first fell in love with golf. So... Very cool. That, that clip from Max Homa will have more from that press conference. What he was referring to there, just to give a little more context to his comments, was the final putt that he had from about three feet in regulation that lipped out. And he was saying, hey, you know what? He was honest with saying he was a little bit nervous. And then the whole story about what his wife did that day with her little piece of nugget of wisdom, but it's not just that day. This article is from Ben Everill at PGATour.com, in which he recaps everything that took place and I think it's it's one of the best that I saw out there. L.A. native Max Homa fell in love with the Genesis Invitational in Riviera Country Club at a very young age. What he Well, he fell for their warm, soft pretzels, at least at that age. That inviting smell and tasty salt may have kept young Max coming back year after year, but it wasn't long before a serious love of the game developed. He's been part of the tournament scenery since age two. First as a toddler on his father's shoulders, then as a youngster seeking autographs, and lastly as a high school and college star dreaming of forging his own path on the storied layout. (coughs) Excuse me. That dream came true on Sunday as Homa beat Tony Finau in a playoff to claim his second tour win. But not before a twist ending in the best Hollywood writer's might have had trouble scripting. It, it's funny how often you hear about Hollywood because it's literally in the shadows of the of the sign, the Hollywood sign. And when the storyline, obviously I'm jumping away from Ben's article here for a second, when the storyline was developing as the day progressed because of how well they were playing, that you're looking at someone that's already uber popular in Max Homa because of the way he interacts with fans on social media, namely Twitter. And then Tony Finau, again, a really popular player that's been knocking on the door many, many times The fact that this thing may go into a playoff. But first, back to Ben's article. That dream came true on Sunday as Homa beat Tony Finau in a playoff to claim his second tour win. Uh, But again, not before the the twist in the ending that even the best Hollywood writers might have had trouble scripting, as I was reading to you. With Finau scorching the course ahead of him, Homa came to the par 5 17th hole needing a birdie for a tie. But he lost his approach shot in a bunker on the right, leaving himself short-sighted. A clutch shot followed by a six-foot putt, and that sent him to the 18th, knowing one more birdie could make all of those wild childhood dreams come true. He annihilated his drive. He hit a wedge to three feet. It was all but secured, and in front of tournament host and idol Tiger Woods, no less, 
he and his coach had talked so many times about playing like Woods would, position over perfection, methodically staying patient before grasping the opportunities presented. He had done that brilliantly until that moment. And that's when you, it, in the article, Ben quotes what you just heard. Again, reiterating, he says, obviously it wasn't a very good putt, and I was nervous. It was a sort of sliding doors moment you see in sports, when Finau trying to change his own narrative being so close, but yet so far from victory over the last five seasons, one had the feeling it could be a death knell for the local prospect. Maybe it was Finau's time after all, not if Homa's wife Lacey had anything to do with it. Lacey has a habit of sending her husband off with her own nuggets of wisdom. Sage advice, she hopes, at the very least, that will take his mind off the stressful moments of tournament play. On Sunday, she'd sent him out with this nugget. Forgive quickly. And then you're going to hear this in the, in the full presser, but I just want you to get the quote in the, in the context of this story. She would give me some really dumb advice every day before I play. They were very random. Sometimes they're somewhat wise, but they're just out of left field, whatever she could think of. So it was kind of ironic that that's what she came up with, he recounted. She called me after the misput, told me to remember to forgive quickly. And it was kind of perfect because I played a pretty perfect round of golf, very flawless. So what was there to be mad about? I was about to be in a playoff at the place I first fell in love with golf. Is that a great quote or what? That's why I wanted you to hear it again. The resolve was further tested shortly after when his tee shot in the par 410th opening playoff hole rolled up against a tree. He could have moaned about it. He could have felt like it wasn't meant to be, but instead he produced an incredible recovery shot to the green that would ultimately help extend the playoff. Honma's miracles on the infamous 10th were already being talked about. During Saturday's wild wins, he hit what fellow pros were calling one of the greatest shots ever hit in that hole when he was able to stop the ball under the hole on the green from the bunker on the front right. He would convert that for birdie, obviously very important in the final wash-up. After the escape for par on the second playoff hole was enough to secure a now 30-year-old his lifetime dream. He also moves into the 10th spot in the FedEx Cup points. He secured a berth in the World Golf Championships Workday Championship at the concession, which is this week, not to mention a three-year exemption on tour for winning an elevated status event. And he spoke to the media afterwards about what it was like to be given that level of attention, namely getting handed a trophy by his childhood idol, Tiger Woods. You're going to hear that in the press conference coming up in just a little bit from Max Homa. Awesome win. Congratulations to him. So PGA Tour Radio, Will Haskett was hosting this week alongside of Mark McCumber. Yeah, Tyler's dad, who was so much a part of the story as the week progressed. And PGA Tour Radio and the entire crew did a great job as ever. And they will again this week. I'll be giving you the air times in just a couple of minutes. But first, we turn our sights to Will Haskett, where given everything, this golf course, this venue, this field, Tiger hosting, and then ultimately the win had to be a fun week to cover golf. Thanks, Matt. Always one of my favorite stops on the PGA Tour. It always seems to deliver. And Mark McCumber, boy, did it deliver again on a Sunday afternoon. It's going to be hard-pressed to find a more popular winner on the PGA Tour than fan favorite Max Homa. But the emotion, sort of the life lessons that came out of it, uh, there's always rooting interest in various reasons. And Max Homa, a very popular champion in what is going to be defined as probably his highest moment thus far in his professional career. 
Yeah, I would say so. He said this was his Masters, his Augusta National, growing up just up the road. Very popular winner. It would have been popular either way, but it was quite an exciting day. Who would have thought when we came here, when you looked at all the names, strongest field of the year, you know, the Rory McIlroy's, Justin Thomas, uh, all the Bryson DeChambeau, they weren't even here on the weekend. And what was the storyline? Sam Burns played flawless golf for all but the last nine holes where it finally caught up with him. And still a valiant try at the end with a birdie on 17 and ends up one shot short. And then the emotional up and down from the missed putt by Max Home on 18 and and then Tony Finau on the first hole. But what a great win by Max Home. It was an exciting event. It may not have been the names we expected before the week, but it certainly was the names that deserved the attention by the end of the week. You know, so many things to dissect in there. So let's just go one by one through the three guys that kind of were at the end of it. And the guy that ended up out of the playoff by one shot, Sam Burns, who was leading on the PGA Tour for the third time this season, the second time going into the final round, trying to become the first wire-to-wire champion at Riviera of this event since 1956. He looks so cool, calm, and collected. And then one bad tee shot left on 12, Mark McCumber, and he never really recovered enough or didn't recover quickly enough How much more does he have to learn? Because now the questions start to mount a little bit. Third time he's had a chance really to win this season, couldn't get it done, and came really, really close, probably one swing away from at least being in that playoff. Yeah, I I think you learn every time. He could have won. Uh, Just look at the two guys that beat him. You know, we had those two great closing rounds, 66 and 64. You really can't count on other people to help you win, but if they had just played good rounds of 69 or 8, 67, 65, uh, he's in the playoff or he wins outright. But think about it. The last two times he led at the 36-hole mark, he finished seventh. This time he finished one shot out of a playoff and in third. That's improvement. There'll be disappointment. But he's young, 24 years old. Come on, he'll build on this. Expect Sam Burns to be a winner on the tour. It's not often that you see the low round of the week come late in the day on Sunday. That was the case for Tony Finau, who shoots 64, another runner-up finish. That's back-to-back worldwide runner-ups now for Tony Finau. Back-to-back runner-ups on the PGA Tour when you go back and look at the American Express. So we're just adding to the tally of near misses for Tony Finau. I don't know if you can necessarily add this to the pile of tournaments that got away from him because of how he played just to get into the playoff. But a six-footer on 10 in the playoff, just a couple of swings, the one on 14 to put him in the bunker that kind of sealed it for Max Homa. I know it'll be unfair that questions surround Tony Finau after this performance, but it'll be hard-pressed to really get too negative on a guy that shot 64 and almost won the tournament. You're right. You're absolutely right. Would it have been nice uh, for Tony if he'd hit that uh, second shot into 18 below the hole and makes birdie to close it out with three closing birdies? Sure, it would have been nice if you're pulling for Tony Finau, but he did birdie 16 and 17 after the bogey on the hard 15th. He made a good up and down on 18. He did just about all he needed to do. You know, he'd probably like to have the putt back on 10. That's where he could have closed the door. He had a putt to win. Wasn't able to make it. Max Homa prevailed. The hardest stretch of this golf course started at 12. We said it on the air during our broadcast, Mark, that I thought the person who played clean golf from 12 to the house was going to get it done. Guess what Max Homa did? All pars and a birdie at 17. Then he wins it in the playoff. But I thought we learned a great lesson from him about perseverance to get up there and have the drive of the day and the approach shot of the day on 18, not pay it off with the birdie, and then still dig down deep and hit the recovery shot of the week off of the side of the tree on 10 in the playoff to keep things alive. Max Homa showed a lot of grit and a lot of heart to get this win. 
He did. It's not easy to shake off a disappointment like that because the tournament was right there. His, he's going to make that putt 99 out of 100 times on 18 in regulation. And he played a shot that I thought could have been called unplayable on 10, a magical shot. It didn't end up being the winning shot, but it probably kept him in the playoff where he could win on the very next hole. Well, Matt, if they keep inviting me back here the week of the Genesis Invitational, I'm never going to say no because this golf course, this tournament, this field always seems to deliver. Max Homa came close a year ago. He punches it through this time. He moves in the top 10 in FedEx Cup points, his second win on the PGA Tour, a very emotionally satisfying win for Max Homa, the winner of the Genesis Invitational. Gents, thank you so much. I would dare say I think it was an emotionally satisfying win for everyone. I mean, he's such a good guy, obviously. Uh, the fact that he, he so freely interacts with his fan base such as it is, and that's kind of rare for athletes at any level nowadays. I think golfers tend to do it a little more than, than most, but he does, does it more than anybody. And so that was really cool to see him break through that final round of 66. Now, PGA Tour Radio will be on the radio this week from noon Eastern time, starting on Thursday right here from Florida, Friday from noon. On Saturday and Sunday, the broadcast times will be from 1 p.m. And remember, PGA Tour Radio can be heard across North America on paid satellite service, Sirius XM. You also can hear them for free on the PGA Tour app and on PGATour.com. And the latter two are also free and usable around the world. I have done it. That's why I mention that to you. When I'm, when I'm traveling internationally, I, I listen to the radio coverage on the app if I'm at a place where I can't see uh, the television coverage, which in, say, Ireland or the U.K. would be on Sky Sports. Uh, so Max Homa finishing a 12 under par after that 66. Tony Finau with a 64, as the gents were telling you, into that playoff. Sam Burns finished one adrift, 11 under par after a final round of 69, a two under par. Cameron Smith alone in fourth at nine under par after a 67. John Rahm tied for fifth. After a five under par effort, really came alive on that Sunday. Remember on Saturday in the difficult conditions, Rom had a 72, but he came back with a 66 yesterday uh, to vault up the leaderboard. He went up 13 spots on the leaderboard in that final round. That was the highest jump up the leaderboard of anybody that was in the top 10 and probably anybody in the top 20, although I haven't gone that far down to look, admittedly. Tied for fifth as well, Victor Hovland. He finished four under in his final round to, to finish with a tournament on the mark of seven under alongside of Matt Fitzpatrick uh, on that. Fitzpatrick had a 71 in the final round. He was knocking on the door early and looked like he was going to chase down the leaders. Tied for eighth with a four under par effort, uh, a six under par for the tournament effort as well. Francesco Amolinare finished at six under. Understand he's living in California now with the family. Tied for eighth as well, Wyndham Clark. Finishing at six under, really solid tournament. Uh, obviously, he too had his highest score of the week on the third round on Saturday when it was so difficult. Tied for eighth. Matt Jones finished in six under, also tied for eighth. Dustin Johnson finishing at six under. He went 68, 67, 71, 72 for DJ. We have a lot to go through with you still in the Fairways of Life show today. Now, Tiger spoke. When I say Tiger spoke because he was the tournament host, uh, CBS had him on, Jim Nance was talking to him, and he asked him the questions that we all want to know. One is, how are you feeling? Two, are you practicing? Are you hitting balls? Are you getting ready for the Masters? And then three, the big question, will you play in the Masters? That question, that answer from Tiger Woods is one of the directions that we're going to be going when we come back. Plus, still coming up, you're going to hear from 
the names that defined the week that was big names in the field, big names in the storylines. All of that coming up, including Max's press conference on the Fairways of Life show. BenHoganGolf.com. I'm surrounded by their beautiful equipment. You can be surrounded by their beautiful equipment in your golf bag and know that the relationship is direct between you and them. Ben Hogan Golf is your tour truck. You're going to deal directly with the company. When you call down there, you're not going through an automated service. You're speaking directly with someone that will work with you and your equipment. If you're wondering what piece of equipment will be best for you, don't leave it to chance. Get the clubs. Sample the clubs. They do that. If you want to trade in the clubs that you have right now, they do that. If you want to finance the clubs that you want to buy, they do that too. They make it as easy as possible, and it's the reason why Ben Hogan Golf is absolutely surging right now. Ultimately, though, for me, I think it's about whether you want to play golf clubs that etched in the metal have the name of the iconic Ben Hogan. I think I know the answer. BenHoganGolf.com for more. We'll be back with more of the Fairways of Life show worldwide after this. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses then at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless, and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamSongResort.com today to plan your golf trip. That's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgetone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, I made superior products, so I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgetone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgetone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create to help me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. 
Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. This Monday, you're going to see and hear from Brian Hammonds coming up this week. We're going to talk more about his event, and mostly, I just want to, I just want to touch base with him. I, I, I have massive respect for who he is and what he's done in his career, and being one of the guys that you know blazed the initial trail for Golf Channel way back in the day is is just another element of the story that is so very, very cool. All right, so Max Homa wins in a playoff on the mark of 12 under. He who was so close was Tony Finau. Now, people will speak about what does this mean? Do you measure it by how close you were again, or do you measure it by the fact that you haven't closed yet in so many opportunities? So where we pick up here with Tony Finau is a simple question of, you've just lost in a playoff. How do you feel? A little bit better right now. Just, uh, you know, coming off that playoff, I had a chance to win and on that first playoff hole and, um, you know, decided to play that putt a little downhill and shouldn't have. But, uh, you know, I played really nicely today, and I think that's going to be the big takeaways on the week for me is, um, you know, anytime I've had a chance to win, I haven't been the guy that went low. And today I was. So I can take a lot of confidence from that. That's something that I wanted to happen today. And, um, you know, to just prove to myself on Sundays, um, you know, that I can put myself in the thick of it and, and shoot a number. And I was able to do that this week. So I think at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to look back on that and, and have a lot of positives to take from it. And just uh, take us through that last hole with the putt, what you had on that putt there. Yeah, I, I, hit a, I hit a proper putt. I just I think sometimes in those situations, almost like match play, when you're forced to make a putt, you, you probably hit it harder than uh, you would normally hit it, and that's what I did there. I've been reading putts all week you know, for speed that you know, kind of ends up by the hole, maybe a foot by. That one I'd end up hitting a little harder. The situation you know, calls for a putt that you know, the next one's good. So... Um, I just I hit a proper putt. I just hit it just barely too hard and, and miss it high side there. From a playoff standpoint, when you're approaching the 10th green, you see the position you're in and what Max has got. Uh, just curious what was going through your mind there and, and uh, how that unfolded. Yeah, well, walking up, I just I just hoping it wasn't my ball. That's the first thing. I, I didn't I couldn't tell who's who's it was. I was I was a little right of his, but you can get some funny bounces over there. So uh, when I found out it wasn't mine. Um, you know, I, I just, when he got over the shot um, to take a practice swing, I knew he was going to be able to hit it on the green, you know, pitch it up at least near the green. So uh, my biggest thing was just, you know, let's try, let's try and make three here. Um, you know, let's try and pitch it in. And if, we, if not, you know, let's try and make three here and just put, put the pressure on him. That was, that was my, 
my whole goal. I, I knew no matter what, he'd probably make four at least, or worst case scenario, he'd make four there. And sometimes in those situations, that guy's going to make three. You know, I've played plenty of match play where that's happened. So um, it didn't change my, my thought process a lot. I just, I was trying to make three, and, and I ended up making four. Hey, Tony, um, I have two questions. One, one of which was, what was your reaction when you saw Max miss on, on the second hole there? Yeah, well, my caddy, uh, you know, I pretty much, I, I, you know, I thought it was, I thought he was about two feet from the hole. I watched it on the telecast, and I was just going to walk up and, and just watch. You know, I, I knew the chance of him missing were going to be really low, um, but it wasn't a gimme, so there was a, a small chance. But uh, when he lipped out, uh, you know, I, I didn't put my, I didn't fold the tent yet, you know, if, if that's what you're asking. I knew if, if it wasn't a gimme, I have to keep myself in playing mode, you know, I, I can't expect... Uh, you know, I was expecting him to make that, but I was I was ready to play after that, no matter what. Um, and so, you know, I it was it was definitely new life. And you know, unfortunately, I had a chance to win on the first playoff hole with about a ten footer. Um, unfortunately, wasn't able to make that. But um, yeah, I would say that that's that was my basic initial reaction. And just my second question is, you know, as you pressed a little bit before, obviously you saw a tremendous round, so it's not like you threw anything away, but um, at what point do you get tired of all of these top tens and, 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 and runners up that keep accumulating, even though those are, those are positive things? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet to be in this position again, but, I mean, I never get tired of playing good golf, you know, and that's, that's what I tell myself every week. It's like... You know, I, sports is about winning. I've said that many times. I grew up trying to win every tournament I play, every tournament I play, and nothing's changed. Um, but I know at the end of the day, you're going to lose a lot more times you're going to win on the PGA Tour. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, that's come really close in the last few years. Um, but I, I always challenge myself to play good golf, and that's all I try to do. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. I'm, I'm not someone that's going to, you know, fade away into the... <laughs> into the sunset because I'm not, I can't win, you know, uh, in these situations. I had another great shot today. Um, I mean, I don't know what else, uh, what else I can say other than I enjoy playing good golf. And um, one of these days, uh, it'll happen for me, and, and hopefully it turns into kind of a domino effect. I really like Tony Finau. You know, you can kind of tell by the questions he was being asked by the media that the narrative wants to go down the road of the scar tissue and all the rest and blah, 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 and the way that it's usually said from a, from a media perspective. But to hear it from the man himself and have him say, paraphrasing, that I'm not getting tired of, of playing good golf, uh, I actually thought that what he did yesterday was the way that he was going to break through because it takes the pressure off the performance in the final finite minutes in shooting a 7-under par 64 in that final round it, it, to finish in 12-under, 71, 67, 70, and 64. Now, for Sam Burns, he came in with a great chance to win, and it wasn't like he played bad golf. He was 2-under par to finish at 11-under and one shot shy. His efforts for the week, a 64 to open, a 66, 74, and then a 69. So, for Sam Burns, I guess... Given the fact that, yeah, yeah, sure, you were leading coming in, and there's got to be the sting that is there, but how do you assess the week that was? Just didn't play well enough. If you, was there, I mean, you were playing so well early on, was there a point where it kind of just maybe turned in that opposite direction? Uh, I just couldn't, I didn't drive it well enough to really score the last seven holes. 
what does it say about the state of your game, though, that against this against this kind of field and this kind of golf course, that you were right there, the chance to win all week, and just that didn't get done? Yeah, I think um, I have a lot of areas I need to improve, um, and I feel like I really showed today. What positives can you can you take from from this week, though? Yeah, I feel like I uh, did a lot of good stuff. Um, putted it well. Uh, I feel like my putter kind of kept me in it. Just wasn't able to, to give myself enough opportunities. Sam Burns obviously upset with being so close, which speaks to the competitive fire that burns within him. I, You know, not that he's new on the scene. I don't mean to present it as such, but we definitely are getting to know him better every time we see him compete and play well. And it was fun to see him compete and play well. And yeah, uh, if not with this Ryder Cup, but all of these things, for me, it churns in the back of my head. And I wonder, what would this person be like on a Ryder Cup team? You know, the, that, that fire that I'm talking about. We're going to talk about it this week because there's been some shifting. Remember, the automatics on the Ryder Cup coming up this September have moved down into window as small as six men. We're, I'll get into it. We'll talk about that. It's also a Solheim Cup year. We're going to talk about that as well. It's And it's a big week for the LPGA, at least from the perspective. And I, and I don't mean this disparagingly. I mean, it's a great story. Annika's playing again this week and playing, not like a celebrity appearance. She's competing out at Lake Nona. So you've got the LPGA uh, here in Orlando. You've got the World Golf Championships down in the Bradenton area of concession. And the concession is the golf course that was co-designed by Tony Jacklin and Jack Nicholas to uh, pay tribute to the concession of 1969 at the Ryder Cup. So we've got a lot to go through and a lot to talk about. Now, when you heard about the fact that, you know, obviously Max Holma broke through and the great story that goes along with it, the fun story goes along with it, and, and the nuggets from his wife, you're going to hear all, all that in detail coming up from Max himself. But for Tony Finau, it, it was the question and answer of, how close, Tony? Here we go again, right? And Tony said, oh, I'm doing fine. And then you had Sam Burns, and you go, well, it looked like you had an opportunity to close, and you didn't. And he says, yeah, you know, for Sam Burns, he's, he's upset about not playing at least one stroke better and get himself into that playoff or otherwise. But alone in fourth place was Cameron Smith. Nine under par overall. He was four under in the final round with a 67. And it's just interesting. With, with Cameron Smith... It, the, the whole vibe is different. You know, he's, he's got, he's got the, the incredible hair. He shaved it on the side, by the way. The way Andrew phrased it this morning, it was, it's not business in the front and party in the back. It's party in the front and party in the back. And the, the interview with him is just different. It, it's really about not so much about what you didn't do in finishing three shots out of the playoff. It's about, hey, mate, it was a great week. Great. Um... I think I probably hit it as good as I could today. Um, left a few few iffy putts there on the back nine that could have gone in, um, but no, hit you know hit really good shots and um, you know it was just Riviera out there on the back nine just punishing you unnecessarily sometimes. But um, that's golf. Yeah, I just took a couple of weeks off and uh, you know knuckled down. Actually, did some work on my swing and. Um, paid off this week. Um, thought I struck it, probably the best I've struck it, um, you know, in a very long time, three or four years probably. So it's been, it's, uh, it's nice to get back in that groove. 
Um, I just think it's just keeping an eye on my swing. I get this little move at the top of my swing that gets me all unbalanced and uh, yeah, just spent a couple of weeks on that. So I just got to keep an eye on it um, and do some really good preparations around the, around the golf course. Cameron Smith, we'll be keeping an eye on what he does as he progresses. He's an easy guy to be a fan of because he has that kind of, you just get a sense of embracing the joy of what he's doing and playing the game of golf. I think he's an absolute classic, and clearly he has mad game, too. Tied for fifth was one John Rahm. Rahm finished five under in his final round, seven under overall. And yes, it speaks to, by comparison, a relative lack of, of proficiency heading into that final round. But what can you draw from the final round? What can you draw from the week that was? It's been a good week, you know. Uh, my sneak in the top five, which is always really good, obviously, finished with a great Sunday round. Today was, you know, everything that didn't really go right most of the days uh, happened today. Made a few putts, hit a great off the tee, great iron shots, and, and put a great round together. First today was a bit of everything, right? Um, the wind was there. It was cold in the mornings. It was, it was just a tricky golf course. I play good golf. I was, you know. Couple three under par through two days, uh, just not making putts was the main thing, or not comfortable on the greens at least. And then, uh, well, yesterday was a battle. You know, you have that wind, you're just trying to survive. And uh, unfortunately for me, is the day where my swing felt the worst, but I was able to manage and score and and, and you know, uh, turning a one over par, which which was great. You know, I think that that finish I had yesterday, birdieing 16 and having a chance on the last two was was big and. Uh, kind of kept that momentum going. Played really good golf today. Came out of the gates amazing. And uh, no, too bad I stalled a bit on the back nine. But those holes that stretch of 12 through 15 is no joke. So uh, overall, really pleased. You know, for uh, somebody who's changed the whole bag and knew everything, changes in life. It's uh, it's yeah, it's good. I'm really confident. Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm putting in the work. It's just for anybody who's you know concerned or, or has any thoughts about it. It's, it just takes time. To adjust to competition golf it's easy to do it at home it's easy to do it in a golf course you've played a million times but when it counts the most is when you got to do it so uh you know still getting used to the golf ball mainly uh, every day i learn something new and it shows right pretty much every event is a progression of, of better play so it's uh, it's a good thing i'm happy uh and you know i'm i'm eager to see what the future has to be. tom was listening to that and he was like what is up with john rom he's like Ram Zen now. Instead of like snapping at the at the you know reporter that I, I didn't win. I finished finished five shots back. Get out of my way. I'll kill you with a five iron. But no, now he's just like he, his last sentence. I'm happy, which is which is pretty good. And Don, maybe that's you know moving on. You know, family, all the rest. It changes a guy. I mean, you're you're much more settled down in some ways. In some ways. Me, you, yeah. No, I don't think. Oh, you don't, don't like the finger pointed my, at you. No, I think my issues are—they're <laughs> just stuck. It's just how I am. Oh, broken. <laughs> just in general. Right, but no, I do think that that John. That's what I was. I was barking at Matt's ear instead of letting him listen to that. I was commenting uh, the entire time John Ron was talking about how I'm impressed with the general maturity of John Rom. I don't think there's anybody that would argue. That he hasn't matured greatly in the last, I don't know, three to five years. Yeah, he I mean, said he was working he's on it. A very long way, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he said, like I said, he said he was the, he he was working on. He he doesn't want to purge himself of his emotions because that's part of what fires him. Uh, we've seen it with many players over the years. 
Think about it with, for example, Jordan Spieth. When Jordan Spieth was at the height of his prowess, he would, he would actually play better when he got mad. I don't know if it focused him more or, or what have you. So glad to see John Ron playing well, seven under par. A big week coming up this week with the World Golf Championship right here in the state of Florida over by the Tampa area. Uh, no matter where you are, PGA Tour Superstore has a way that you can take advantage of them being the number one golf retailer in America. Why? <clears throat> because if there's something that you're looking for, they have it. They have over 40 stores spread out across the United States. All the big names, whatever it is, whether it's Ping, whether it's TaylorMade, whether it's Callaway, whether it's Titleist, all the new clubs that are coming out and more, you can find that product at the PGA Tour Superstore. PGA Tour Superstore, though, is where you can go online if it is not convenient for you with, for whatever reason, COVID, weather, what have you, to get out to the store. And you can do your shopping, you can do your perusing, you can do your learning right there. Uh, you can pick it up curbside if that's more convenient for you, or you can safely shop in any of their stores. Their associates are experts. And let me underscore that. Think about that for a second because there's other places that you can go to pick up golf clubs, but you will not necessarily get expert advice to ensure that whatever you buy, and golf clubs can be a sizable investment, make sure that it works for you. Make sure that it's, that it's perfect. Why not? PGATourSuperstore.com. There's a reason why they're the number one golf retailer in the United States. When we come back, Max and Tiger, Tiger and Max, Stay with us. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf at a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver. 
and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PGA Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PGA Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Absolute delight to have your company from wherever you are joining us around the United States, around the globe. Uh, And as you guys know, you can always get the program, whether you listen to us uh, digital radio or whether you watch us on the television side, it's always available 24-7 on demand through all the platforms that we're on. You can follow us on Facebook, Fairways of Life. You can follow us on YouTube. Again, if you want the TV side, that's probably the easiest way to know where we are, but we're in tons of places outside of that. And on the audio side, the easiest way to carry us with you is just get the Fairways of Life app. It's free, and it works everywhere. But if not, you can pick us up on every major audio platform and the like. So Hayden Buckley won the, on, on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is an interesting story at that, because coming into the week, he was a fourth alternate. And yet, on Sunday night, he had a 10-foot putt to win it all. Here is how he talks about the bridge between where he was and where he finished. I mean, I, just to not make a putt all day and do that, just we knew it was time. You know, it was time to do it. And, you know, we felt it a little bit all day, you know, definitely some nerves, knowing what this is life-changing. You know, I got a full season now. Um, you know, all of a sudden you go from – trying to finish in the top 75 and get back out here next year to, to trying to get a tour card. And that's the goal now. Um, man, it's just, it's hard to believe Thursday morning I didn't have a tee time. And now, you know, it almost, it almost feels like it was supposed to happen. You know, it's one of those stories that we're all, I think a lot of people were hoping would happen, but the way it happened is just, it's, I don't have words for it. It's just, it's a little bit of luck. It always takes a little bit of luck, but just so much good golf that I've been just waiting to, to put out here. And, uh, man, I just, I'm not surprised at all, but I'm just happy it, happy it finally happened. You know, I mean, I think it's a little bit of that was just not being good enough, and I've always kind of felt that way. Um, but in the last, you know, really the last three or four years, I've known that, you know, this is what I was going to do, and I've put a lot of work in behind the scenes. I've battled a lot of injuries, and uh, it was just a matter of time before it all came together. You know, I can't, can't thank that coach enough for, for giving me that chance without even knowing me and, uh, learned a lot of things playing and win you know this whole week was playing and win I told my caddy when we showed up like if it's if it's going to be windy all week we're going to play well I do it every time I won in Canada on in crazy winds um, you know this course was a lot different than I think everybody expected you know it was cold on Friday uh, the last two days were blowing the pins were tough and you know when I love you but uh I just, man, to, to get up there and know what that putt's for, uh, knowing that it's, it's a career changer and doing it, is, feels really good. So Rex Hoggard wrote an article at GolfChannel.com about Tiger Woods, and I'm going to read you the body of it here and what basically we can draw from it, how much it is a conclusion, how much it is definitive is obviously subject to interpretation. But he writes, Tiger Woods spoke publicly, For the first time since he underwent his fifth back surgery, 
but the 45-year-old didn't appear poised for another comeback. Quoting, I'm feeling fine. I'm a little stiff. I have one more MRI scheduled, so that we'll see if the annulus is scarred over finally, and then I can start doing more activities, Woods said Sunday during CBS's telecast of the Genesis Invitational. Quoting, still in the gym, still doing the mundane stuff that you have to do for rehab, the little things where I can get start gravitating towards something more, end quote. Specific to when he might play next, Woods was asked if he planned to be at Augusta National for this April's Masters Tournament. Quoting, God, I hope so, end quote, he said to that. Woods, who is the host of this week's event at the Riviera Country Club, announced in January that he wouldn't be able to play the Genesis Invitational or the Farmers Insurance Open because of the surgery. He was also qualified for this week's World Golf Championships event in Bradenton, Florida, but skipped that event as well. The Arnold Palmer Invitational, which he's won eight times, is the week after this World Golf Championship event at the concession, followed by the Players' Championship and the Honda Classic, which is a home game for Woods. But the world number 48 didn't sound as if he was ramping up his golf activities anytime soon. Asked by CBS announcer Jim Nance specifically about his game, Woods would only mention his putting. Quote, I lengthened my putter. I don't have to bend over as far, he smiled. I've gone to the same length as my sand wedge. I do a lot of putting drills, blading the sand wedge, so I figured I do a lot, which is why I just want to go ahead and lengthen my putter. So I did, and it helped. End quote. So Tiger Woods. So that's why I was saying... How much you draw from that, what you draw from that, I suppose uh, if you're a massive Tiger Woods fan, do you look upon those comments with optimism and say that's a good sign or hearing from Tiger in that setting, which Tiger seems when it comes to his body, when he's out in front of an event, I'm talking about weeks now when he's out in front of an event, he historically tends to downplay expectations. When he's at an event, say a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday press conference, he tends to overplay the expectations, and I'm here because I intend to win. And then if he doesn't, and if he doesn't even play well, and they talk to him afterwards, he's, he's kind of funny about it because at times he'll kind of scold the media at that point and be like, hey, I've had five back surgeries. Come on. Give me a break. But, but wait a minute. A couple days ago you said, but that's his mindset. That's, it, it's interesting in terms of the mindset of a competitor. Now, mindset. And the story of Tiger Woods plays in directly into Max Homa and his reaction to everything that took place at the Genesis. Here is a guy that as a kid, and as you heard from that earlier story from Ben, that at two years old, he was going to this event and sitting on his dad's shoulders. He went for years, and he loves Riviera. He made it to the PGA Tour. He wins on the venue that caused him to fall in love with the game of golf. And he who he fell in love with. Lacey's advice to him, forgive quickly, and how that played into what happened in the final round. I love these kind of stories. The way it tethers together. The way that he wanted so badly to get a high five from Tiger Woods for all those years. Well, he got a lot more than that. He got $1.6 million for the victory. He got a trophy. He got a memory. He got a breakthrough. All of which, dare I say, is priceless. Here is Max Homa addressing the media. Obviously, it wasn't a very good putt. It broke a little more uh, than I would have liked it to uh, for, for a three or four footer. Um, 
I just was a little nervous, honestly. Uh, this tournament means a lot to me. Uh, it was a little shaky, didn't hit a very good putt. It was kind of the first one all day that I didn't hit well. You know, I obviously missed some, but um, it was the first one where I kind of mishit it. Uh, but this morning, my wife gave me a piece of advice. Uh, there were, you know, a few bullet points. One of them was forgive quickly. And uh, she called me after, told me to do that. And it was kind of perfect because, I mean, I played a pretty perfect round of golf, very flawless. So what was there to be too mad about? I was about to be in a playoff uh, at the place that I you know, first fell in love with golf. So um, it was obviously a kind of a roller coaster uh, to everybody else. But to me, I just was kind of continuing to play golf. And uh, fortunately, I came out uh, with, with a win. I, I, I would have kind of probably had a bad taste in my mouth had, had I not. But, um, you know, that's golf. Golf's hard. <laughs> I make it look especially hard at times. But uh, fortunately, um, you know, I played some solid golf in the playoff and, and got it done. Okay, uh, we'll jump straight into questions. We've got a few lined up, so we'll just ask that folks, if you just ask one question, we'll have the opportunity to come back for a second uh, if it's a, not a quick follow-up. So we'll start with Daniel Rappaport. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, congrats, Max. Uh, mentioned you come to this event as a kid. I'm wondering, what do you think eight-year-old Max Owens' reaction would be uh, if you told him what happened today? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I used to like the soft pretzels here a lot, so he probably would have hoped that I'd buy a lot of them. Uh, and eat a lot of them, but I don't know. I think, I think young me uh, even would have had a hard time dreaming this one. Um, it was so fun to watch from the other side of the ropes. Even just playing every day, I come here is uh, is kind of a pinch me moment. So when I saw my name up at the top of the leaderboard, you know, it, it hit me. Um, but it was helpful that I played well here last year and got to got to go through those emotions. I felt much calmer this year. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's truly is a dream come true. Uh, my dad's been bringing me here since I was a, a, basically a baby. So, um, yeah, I think, I think eight-year-old Max would be pretty darn proud. Okay, we'll jump to Doug Ferguson. Go ahead, Doug. Max, on the, on the 10th in the playoff, your emotion didn't change at all when you walked up and saw your ball next to the tree. I'm, I'm curious what was going through your head and, and how did you play the shot, what club you used, how you played it, et cetera. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, 10's a crazy hole. Uh, Taylor Gooch and I were talking about it on 11 today uh, during the regulation round. And a lot of people don't like it. I love it. I think golf could use a little chaos at times. Um, it's probably not a perfect hole, but it, it's fun. There, a lot can go on. You kind of aim at these trees and kind of just see what happens. And I hit a good tee ball. I pulled it maybe, you know, five yards left of where Tony was, which is kind of where you wanted to hit it. And yeah, I mean, what are you going to be mad about uh, when you make a good swing when you're nervous? Um, you know, obviously had a had a weird looking shot, but I had a shot, which is which is cool. Um, I took a 50 degree out and just hooded it as much as I could to get it started as left as I could with some tumble spin because going into that Kakuya uphill, it always sticks. So I tried to land it as low into the hill as I could to get it rolling and hit it really well. I honestly. <laughs> I think I thought it was a little easier than a lot of other people, so maybe that was just kind of a product of the moment. But, um, you know, I hit a really good putt after that, which also settled the nerves from the bad putt I hit on 18 in regulation. So uh, it kind of made me feel back upbeat and, and positive about everything uh, like I was earlier in the round. Excellent, thanks. Thank you. Okay, it looks like we have Jeff Shackelford with his hand up. Go ahead, Jeff. Do you have a question? Hey, Max. Just uh, on the, on the, uh, in the world of tournament golf, where does... Where does winning this tournament rank in terms of the ones you've most wanted to, to win uh, in, your, in your career? 1A, 1B, 1C. Um, I don't know if I could ever do anything cooler in golf than this. Uh, just, just for me, for my caddy Joe, um, we were raised 25 miles north of here. Um, 
I mean, Tiger Woods is handing us a trophy. Uh, you know, that's a pretty crazy thought. We grew up idolizing him, idolizing Riviera Country Club, idolizing the golf tournament. Um, to get it done is, is it's, it's almost shocking, um, but it just feels, it feels, it feels like it just can't be top just for me. Okay, looks like the next question will be uh, Dylan DeChia. Go ahead, Dylan. Hey, Max, you may have already answered this uh, by saying that you were talking to your wife, but I was curious what you were looking at with your phone in between um, 18 and the playoff. Uh, not a lot. I had a few texts uh, from some buddies. Uh, and then <laughs> I have a group chat with some of my best friends from uh, when I was living in Southern California and Long Beach and... Uh, the dude that was the best man in my wedding all week uh, was asking if anybody was going to make a hole-in-one on 10 this week, and we told him he's an idiot, and it's not ever going to happen. And uh, so right before uh, we left the range, I texted him and said, Pete, has anybody made, made a hole-in-one on 10 yet? So we're just trying to keep it loose, do what I would normally do uh, with some downtime. But yeah, other than talking to my wife, I, I texted a couple people um, and just kind of tried to get on with business. Thanks, Matt. Okay, next question we'll go to Michael Bamberger, golf.com. Thank you. Uh, Max, I see that your father is a serious um, acting coach and, uh, and an actor, and I wonder if you see any connection between the two professions, uh, trying to get good at golf and trying to get good at acting. Um, I don't think there's very many parallels, but uh, being able to be raised by a man who teaches is always good um, and helpful, I feel like, for a kid. Um, he knows his strengths when it comes to teaching. And the moment I asked him about the golf swing when I was a kid, he sent me to a, a coach. So I feel like that knowledge is, is important. Um, I don't think there's really any parallels between acting and golf other than me at times trying to act like I'm the best player in the world when uh, that may not be the uh, literal case. Uh, but other than that, um, I just feel like it was just being raised by somebody who uh, you know can teach and, and can, can understand uh, a child's or a kid, young adult's growth into something that they want to be great at. Okay, next question we'll go to Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel. Go ahead, Rex. Congratulations, Max. Uh, talking about how much this means to you, do you, do you, do you, do you, any, were you calmer than you thought you were going to be? Yeah, I truly think last year helped. Um, seeing my name up, you know, second place with Adam Scott on 15, I, I had that seared into my memory. And coming down the stretch, I made one bad swing on 16 and got kind of a bad break on 18. And I kind of came into this event, um, or especially today and yesterday, knowing that I handled myself really well last year. I just needed to clean up one, two mistakes. Um, so I did feel calm. Um, and I've been feeling much calmer ever since I've been focusing on just being more in the moment, uh, not really worrying about outcome as much as my process. Um, I've been playing really good golf. I felt very comfortable today. Um, I was just trying to put together a good round and see what would happen uh, come, you know, four, five, six holes left. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to feel feel calm. The putts, I definitely felt nervous. Uh, obviously, 18, I was shaking like a leaf there for a second. Um, but that's what you're supposed to feel like when you're trying to win something that's as important as this is. Uh, next question, we'll go to Adam Shupak, Golf Week. Go ahead, Adam. Thank you. Hey, Max, what did you learn from the failure at the American Express that you were able to put towards your effort today? That's only a failure if you don't learn from it. So, um, 
I didn't fail, I learned a lot. Um, I played a pretty good round of golf, tee to green. Got a lot of in-between numbers, couldn't get the ball close. Couple little mistakes, but I just didn't putt it well. But I felt calm, um, maybe tried to force things a little bit, but I didn't learn, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I really lost it because of nerves or lost it because of the moment. I just had one of those days at a bad time. Um, but, you know, I, I tried to continue to focus on what I'm doing, tried to just get to be better at golf, really. Um, just keep working on some shots that maybe don't feel comfortable uh, and then would feel even more uncomfortable when you're coming down the stretch. Um, but it was also fun being in the group with Siwoo and Tony, who both played really well, and just watched how they went about their process and how they played and, and realizing that it wasn't anything special, um, you know, in, in professional golf standards. Uh, they just really played some solid golf. So I've been just trying to play solid golf ever since. And for those of us who weren't at the trophy ceremony, what did Tiger say to you? Uh, he told me to wait way to, way to hang tough after I missed that putt on 18. I told him I was embarrassed I missed a shorty in front of the most clutch athlete ever. Um, but that was a surreal moment. I, I have looked up to Tiger my entire life, and to be standing anywhere with him, let alone with the trophy in between us, was pretty cool. Thank you. Okay, Mike Canizaro, sorry, I just see you have your hand up. Do you have a question? Go ahead, Mike, if you do. I do. Uh, thank you, uh, Max. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm just I'm curious, um, how soon after the putt on, on the 72nd hole on 18, did, did your wife call you? Did you call her? And what exactly did she say? Uh, I called her after I signed my score, and I said, I think I choked a little bit, and I laughed. <laughs> and she said, she said, no, you play great. Um, you know, don't worry about it. Don't, don't forget to forgive quickly. And it was funny, because she gives me... And she would admit it to some really dumb advice every day before I play. They're very random. Now, they're sometimes somewhat wise, but they're just out of left field, whatever she could think of. So it was kind of ironic that that's the one she came up with. But, yeah, you know, um, it happens. Uh, I forgave myself. I remember the putt I hit on 17. I think that was a little, you know, that was clutch on 17. And, you know, wasn't as clutch on 18, but... You got it, you know, she was helping me remember the good stuff I did that day, which, or today, which was a lot. Thanks, Max. Thank you. All right, we'll go back to Doug Ferguson from the AP. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, quick thing, Matt. What was the, um, what was the club on, on 18? Uh, sandwich. <laughs> sandwich, okay. You don't have to laugh. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you, I think you, I'm thinking 26 holes, the last 26 holes of this tournament without a bogey. Uh, in terms of the quality of your play, as you're going along, uh, not that you're keeping track of that, but, but how much confidence does that give you as you get to the finish line? Oh, I knew I didn't have any bogeys, and I was proud of that. Fred Couples, uh, oddly enough, has been texting me, especially throughout this week, and he told me on um, Thursday or Friday that solid rounds or solid golf wins at Riviera and just keep playing solid. Um, and I've been thinking about that ever since, and especially on a day like today. It's really difficult this morning when we came back out. Uh, made two great putts to start, uh, kind of settled my nerves, and... Um, I just was trying to be as solid as I could. Uh, my uh, coach and, and caddy Joe have been, uh, we've had a mantra this week, uh, position over perfection. So we're just trying to leave it in the best spot all week. And, um, you know, I thought we did a really good job of that this week. Are you happy to be going back to Augusta with just at least the little fans this time? Yes. I don't know if anyone's ever said no to that. <laughs> I cannot wait to get back to Augusta. Thank you. Well, Max, we don't have any more questions in the queue, but um, I do want to ask you, earlier in the week, you got to reconnect with uh, your English teacher, Linda Gus. 
Um, that seemed like it was a pretty emotional moment for you. You really enjoyed it. What do you think that she would be thinking right now? And do you have a message for her at all? Yeah, I mean that was a really that was really cool that you guys did that. That's really cool that the uh, Tiger TGR Foundation did that. Um, it was it was just it was fun to be able to reconnect with somebody I haven't seen in a long time who obviously helped you know teachers help essentially raise kids for a year at a time. So that was cool. I think she'd be proud. Um, I think she'd be proud of my attitude uh, out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's cool that that all aligned with this week. I think that's uh, maybe not a coincidence.